2: Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we speak to the New Zealand netball vice-captain Laura Langman as the Silver Ferns head to Australia for their first test match of 2012. We catch up with the Chiefs and All Blacks loose forward Liam Messam to talk about his stellar year and the weekend's rugby championship clash with the Springboks. We talk to the World Anti-Doping Agency's Director General to discuss the rules surrounding Belarusian shot putter Nadzeya Ostapchuk's lenient ban after being stripped of the Olympic gold medal for doping. We celebrate our London Paralympic champions as they return to New Zealand with an impressive middle hall, And we talk to the Wellington Phoenix new signing, Belgian striker Stain Hoessegems, as he joins the team ahead of the upcoming A-League football season. The Silver Ferns begin their 2012 campaign in Melbourne on Sunday in the first test of the three-match Constellation Cup series against Australia. The New Zealand team will be trialling some new combinations, particularly in the mid-court, after losing seasoned campaigners Para George and Liana Liotta. Coach Wai Tomonu concedes filling the gap left by George and Liotta has been tough, and she's been experimenting with multiple mid-court combinations ahead of this weekend's match. When the side flew out on Thursday, Tomonu still hadn't settled on a starting lineup and was toying with the idea. Idea of switching centre Laura Langman, the only remaining experienced mid in the squad, out of position to wing attack. I caught up with Langman at the Auckland airport and she told me she genuinely has no idea who will start in the midcourt on Sunday.
3: We'll come down to the uh, you know, last moment, who's putting up their arm and who's really got the performance going for them. You must be getting closer, though. You must have some idea. <laughs> well, no, and I think that's the great thing about this group that we've got is that spots are very competitive, and um, that's probably something that's really stood out in this environment is the internal competition. So it does come up, go to the night before or the game before game day um, for spots to be decided on.
2: And how do you find that as a player? Is it a little unnerving not knowing whether or not you're going to start yeah. and where it might
3: be? Well you certainly live on the edge that's for sure but at the same time it makes sure that you put your goods out there every time you go to training um, and you can't really afford to have a um, like a slow or a, a tired training so I think it's really good for what we want to achieve in you know, two years time.
2: So we could possibly see you at wing attack?
3: You could possibly. Uh, Yeah, it's certainly a work in progress um, and a massive challenge but um, you know, anyone who has played test netball, you just play anywhere you're given really so um, any opportunity I'll take with two hands.
2: Last week when we spoke you mentioned that you still preferred centre as possibly your favourite or your first choice (laughs) position. Um, How has your wing attack been developing? Do you feel like you have a little bit more confidence if you were to be thrown there now?
3: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I do. Um, it's a, for me, I think wing attack's a time position, so the longer you have in it, the more you can make it your own. So, yeah, I've had a few really good hit-outs and some few really hairy hit-outs, but um, it's what I learned from both of them um, and Take Forward that's really important. So, yeah, the confidence is slowly coming, um, but what I was really lucky is um, our wing attacks or when you're in that wing attack role, we're blessed with having very fantastic people around us, so it's not all doom and gloom.
2: Being the surviving member from the world champs (laughs) mid court how important was it for you, I guess, to tell the newer players coming into the positions just to make their own destiny, start off fresh, t- rather than trying to emulate what Liana and Timmy Parra did, yeah, because absolutely. they were such unique players?
3: Absolutely, and I think that's a real key, and um, although you know players come and go, the game also evolves, so it's really important that when you step out there, yes, you'd obviously want to know what worked well in the combination in the past, but you've got to make the position your own, and no person's the same, and that's something that we really celebrate or um, identify to find our group. We want to, um, yeah, celebrate our uniqueness and what makes us good as players. Is this
2: series particularly interesting for you? You've been around for a little while, and as <laughs> Wise <why> only <laughs> recently, <laughs> Wise only recently taken over as is the Australian coach, and it's all sort of a, going to be a, a, two new teams clashing essentially. Has yeah. it added a bit of interest for you? Kind of that unknown.
3: Yeah, it has, and I think um, what adds fuel to the fire too was probably um, the ANZ victory. I think um, you know hopefully you know we're putting it out there to them that possibly it's the changing of the guard so yeah definitely I think we've worked really hard over the past three weeks with Y and what we've achieved has been massive so um, yeah obviously Australia's a benchmark rather than world champs and we need to see how we measure up. And
2: there'll be some new Silver Ferns tactics this year will there?
3: Yes we like to keep things innovative Um, obviously the Mystics are, are leading, certainly the leading edge so yeah we definitely like to think outside the square
2: And how important is it to win game one, that first test in Melbourne? Coming back for the two tests in New Zealand, if you had one under the belt, halfway to winning the series, really?
3: Absolutely. Um, I personally would really like to draw first blood. Um, Inia, like you said, um, this is our trip across the ditch, and then we're home for two home games, so you will only get stronger throughout the tour. Having the magic influence on the side, and
2: having obviously sort of had that watershed victory in the ANZ Championship, has that added anything to, I guess, how you guys treat an Australian game? Removed some of the fear, perhaps?
3: Yeah, Yes and no. I think um, they're two very distinct um, and different campaigns, Um, but certainly I think the confidence that um, we who are in the Magic gain from that victory is massive, and I think uh, if we live and breathe it, it's very contagious. So um, I think that's something I've noticed within this group.
2: And the line-out defensive technique, we (laughs) we heard it might get a run against the Australians, but no doubt they'll be expecting it, I guess. Is it something that perhaps... Could come out in this series?
3: Yeah well who knows I think um, obviously I'm not in circles so I don't know quite the, know the dynamics of the, um, the hoist but it's certainly man, it takes the game to a new level and it makes people think how are you going to combat it so um, yeah I think if the opportunity presents by all means take it.
2: And the Australians are likely to target the Silver Ferns mid court but whereabouts are you guys going to try and target them? Have you spotted any potential weaknesses in their lineup?
3: Uh, well, we've actually got presentations um, on um, their players from all of us, so a bit of a competition running. But, um, yeah, obviously they're very experienced right throughout. Um, and, you know, when you come to a national side, they have very few weaknesses. So pretty much um, our focus is on ourselves and what we want to e- execute out there. So, um, yeah, we've, we've been mainly looking at what we want to put out there.
2: How different will they be not under Norma anymore?
3: Well, wow, yeah, we got a little taste of them um, last year. Um, yeah, I think this is probably where we'll probably see the biggest changes, maybe in this um, test series. Um, if the, yeah, I'm expecting a uh, difference, but um, it'll be gradual, I think. I think if you compare this team to the one that'll be in 2015, that's when you'll see the big changes.
2: And is this a completely neutral game? No team has a real psychological edge. Of course, they're world champs, but yeah, you guys are
3: yeah. and Z champs. I
2: mean, is yeah. it sort of... A level
3: playing field going into this one. I like how you put them two on the same <laughs> level. Um, no, worry, to be honest, I, I think they um, obviously you've got to give them accolades. They are the world champs, and they are the benchmark, and we need to rise to it. Um, what is exciting is the confidence that is buzzing around our group, and the confidence within players and within units. So um, that's very exciting.
2: And last question. I think it was two wins from six against the Aussies last year. Is that
3: right? <laughs> I'll check when I get back to the office. Possibly. But obviously, <laughs> how
2: how do you go about putting yourselves on the right side of that ledger?
3: Yeah, obviously, that always fierce, fierce battles. Um, but yeah, we certainly want to turn that stat around, and the best way to do it was probably to go over there and get a win.
2: Laura Langman. It's been a standout year for the Chiefs' loose forward Liam Messum. Often regarded as a very good domestic player, it seemed that he was unable to make the step up to the international level. But that's all changed in 2012 for the 28-year-old. He'll play his 14th test against the Springboks in Dunedin this weekend. Following the departure of Jerome Kaino, he appears to have made the number 6 jersey his own. He spoke to the media this week in the lead-up to the latest rugby championship match. Do you feel like you're uh, sort of owning that uh, six jersey now? You, you've sort of dealt with the competition?
4: Oh, not at all. I knew. Uh you know, Victor played quite well against and the in the weather that he was got given and uh, and I know Tomo has been training training his butt off to, to get back in so uh, I know those boys are, are still working hard to,
2: to get to, to play. Uh, your performance though, coming off the bench in that last test match, you would be pleased with that and obviously it's pleased the right people? I,
4: I was just trying to do my part for the team and do what I could to, to
2: help the team out. What are you expecting from the South African side? Uh, you had a tough test up front against the, uh, the Pumas, it would be another physical battle I'd suspect.
4: Yeah, it will be. The, the big boys and uh, we know what they're gonna bring so uh, you know it's gonna endorse so it's not going to be a bit, so it's going to be a, another physical game, which uh, the Fords are looking forward
2: to. You're clearly enjoying that type of football, though, this year. <laughs>
4: yeah, I am, and that's the sort of the way the, the Chiefs played this year, so uh, you know it's nothing new.
1: Playing under that roof
4: stadium before you said. Yeah, I have against the uh, the Hollanders second round, and uh, yeah, it's a bit fast. It's a, a lot of running, and uh, the ball gets a lot of air time, so it's enjoyable. It's uh, it's pretty loud. It wasn't quite full when we played the Hollanders, so having a, a packed stadium, I heard the atmosphere is. is it's quite awesome, so looking forward to that as well.
2: It'd be good to know that you're walking out onto a dry track, especially after last week. No matter what happens, it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard and fast.
4: Yeah, definitely. I was, I was quite happy uh, this week when it uh, started to snow and uh, they said we're going to train indoors, so I was quite happy about that, so uh, looking forward to it.
2: In terms of loose forward, I suppose the spring box would be the ultimate test for you?
4: Oh, I think each... Uh, uh, country has loose forwards that are, you know, top quality. So uh, nothing changes this week. It's, it's going to be a, a tough old battle there. They've got some competitive loose forwards like they always do. So i uh, was uh, looking forward to the challenge. Yeah,
2: they've obviously got some different personnel with, with injuries and, and suspensions, everything. You want to come across them in Super Rugby, I assume?
4: Yeah, I have all the, all the all the lads that were playing on, on Saturday night all have, uh, played against them. So uh, I guess we sort of know what, what they bring. So you know, it's not about about them. It's about us. About us as a as a loose forward trio Vic as well. About uh, what we can control.
2: Yeah, how do you feel like you have been combining with your fellow loose forwards and everything?
4: Yeah, I think we've been mixing really well. Um, yeah, we've just been doing our part for the team and, and doing our role, which is which is required.
0: And
1: Lim, where you we were at the start of the season, I mean, you didn't make the squad for the June test. I mean, what what's what's been behind? Do you think you being able to make this move first of all get back in the squad and then uh, nail down the sixth spot?
4: Um, obviously, a lot of hard work, but I think one of the main main reasons is just uh, enjoying my footy and enjoying life, and uh, I think. Yeah, if, if you can enjoy your footy and, and love playing what you're doing and having fun doing it then I think the risk takes care of itself and uh, obviously winning continuously for the Chiefs and week after week sort of you always enjoy your footy and you want to keep playing more so I think that's been a big factor but uh, there's a lot of little factors as well but I think uh, just enjoying my footy has been, been the main thing Has the Chiefs
1: been the vehicle you know, in which you've been able to prove yourself?
4: Yeah for sure um, it wasn't for, for them I want to be here in this room um, the way that the coaches had a new game plan for us and uh, I guess, yeah, just just the things that we've done for the Chiefs this year, sort of, without those boys, I know I wouldn't be here, and I guess it's the same for Brady and Sam as well.
1: Have you had to change your game, because I know Steve set your challenges about the way he wanted you to play, the sixth job, have you had to kind of knuckle down and say, you know, this is what they want i they're going to have to change my game?
4: I, I guess it wasn't really for, for what well, uh, Shag wanted for, for the All Blacks, it was more uh, what Smithy and Wrens wanted for the Chiefs, the way that Tom wanted our forwards to play for the Chiefs uh, to get a bit of recognition. I think no one really um, backed our full pack for the Chiefs and no one rated us, so the way that they tried to play was a up-the-gut sort of physical sort of battle, which uh, I guess Shag is looking for as well.
1: And I guess um, it's been a bit of a dream year for you in a way, yeah. you know, prevailing with the Chiefs and you know, nailing down the six spot in the all back jersey. I guess you the key is not to ever feel like you're comfortable and to keep trying to make those improvements.
4: Yeah, I guess for me that's one thing that I, I love by is never to be comfortable. I uh, once you, you are comfortable like you said, that's when you get start getting knocked off and, and start losing things. So just making sure I've always got edge about myself when when I train or when I play.
1: How have you reset those goals? What are you saying to yourself now, you know? I guess you've knocked a few off.
4: Yeah I guess for me I uh, I haven't been uh, happy with my performances yet. Um, you know, I still got a lot to, to learn and a lot to give to this team. So. Uh yeah, just, just week in, week out, I'm just trying to try to give the best that I can for for the jersey.
1: Because even though you're an experienced guy, you're almost you know this is your first real decent run as a starter, isn't it? Do you, you feel a bit like a rookie in a way?
4: Yeah, I have played a, a few Super Rugby games, and, and I do feel like a rookie in this team. So, which is good. Which I, for, for me, it keeps me on, on my toes and keeps you at, at edge, and, and knowing that
1: I need to, to to perform week in, week out. And some like the your tour, does it really appeal to you? I mean, some players feel maybe that's uh, you know. The, uh, a bit of a bridge too far in terms of a long season, but is that something that you're looking
4: at thinking, gosh, it will be fun? It is in the back of my, my mind to, to get on that tour, but for me it's just uh, focusing on the week in, week out, so, uh, you know, I've got to worry about the, the big Saturday boys are yeah. on Saturday first, and then uh, it is in the back of my mind.
2: Liam Messam. And this is Extra Time, a web only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. New Zealand's London Olympic shot put champion Valerie Adams will receive her belated gold medal next Wednesday at a public ceremony on Auckland's waterfront. The International Olympic Committee has confirmed they've received the gold medal back from Belarusian Nadzeya Ostapchuk, who's been given a shorter than expected one-year suspension by Belarus's anti-doping agency after her coach Alexander Yefimov confessed to intentionally spiking her food with the steroid. In light of Ostapchuk's lenient ban, the New Zealand Olympic Committee is making submissions to the World Anti-Doping Agency. Called calling for stronger penalties, as well as more stringent and targeted testing programs. Meanwhile, the World Anti-Doping Agency says it is currently reviewing the rule which allows Ostapchuk to have her ban reduced by claiming ignorance. Jacob McSweeney spoke to Waiters Director-General David Howman, who says under those rules, the halved ban is correct.
0: If she has satisfied the panel that dealt with her, that she was of no significant fault, uh, then the penalty can be reduced by half, which is what they've done. They reduced it from two years to one year on the basis that they found that she wasn't of significant fault. And the, you know, what you do is, when you get these sort of files, you have to look and see what was the evidence that persuaded them to take that step. And if you're happy with the evidence, then you, you probably sit back. If you're not happy with it, you, you'd say, well, we better test it again. Let's go to an appeal.
1: And and just generally speaking. I mean, I mean, it's one year long. enough? what she, she doesn't really miss anything. Other people are calling, saying that she should miss at least miss one more Olympic Games, and it doesn't really, it's not really stopping people from doing, you know, taking drugs again. I mean, is it an effective rule?
0: No, no, no. The, look, the maximum penalty, sanction, is two years at the moment for what she has done. Uh, so you can't start saying we'll make that four because it's you know we don't want her to go to the next Olympics. You got to abide by the rules. Those rules are being reviewed at the moment, and they may be changed in a couple of years. But at the moment, that's the maximum penalty that that could be imposed.
1: So, what will happen going forward?
0: Well, I, I think you know. I think the decision was handed down on Monday. My my impression will be that the IWF will be asking the national federations to to look at it, so that they can consider it. That might take a day or three. Uh, there may be a translation issue. Um, we would probably make the same request but what we normally do is we'd get in touch with the international federation and say just this something that you guys are going to handle or, or do we have to be engaged at all because if they're able to handle it and they don't need help from us well then we would expect them to get on and do it now that that sort of sum you know summarizes what we do and and you know without talking about the particular case which i can't that's probably all we can do i think the other thing that people got to remember she she didn't appeal against the IOC decision to take the medal away from her, so she's conceded that she's doped, uh, and she's put an argument up before, uh, you know, the initial tribunal, suggesting that she's got a, an excuse, if you like, to help reduce the sanction. And that's what's happened. The coach has come along and said, um, you know, it was my fault. You know, those things have to be tested fully, and I guess that will that will occur
2: the World Anti-Doping Agency's Director-General, David Howman. The New Zealand stars of the London Paralympics have returned home to a jubilant crowd of supporters this week. The New Zealand team came away with 17 medals, that's four more than the able-bodied Olympians. But it was the swimmers, Sophie Pascoe and Mary Fisher, who were the real standouts, winning 10 medals between them. Bridget Mills was amongst their fans at the Auckland International Airport for the rowdy reception.
5: Not a hundred fans and family turned out to welcome home their heroes and loved ones. For eight-year-old Jaden Movold, it was a chance to meet the golden girl of the game, Sophie Pascoe, who came home with three gold and three silver medals. Get up, Sophie! She got like
3: lots and lots and lots of medals.
5: Jaden, who was already a keen swimmer, says Sophie Pascoe has inspired him to compete in the 2020 Games. Pascoe says that sort of support is exactly what the competition needs.
3: You know, the support that we've come home to today is amazing and um, it's really going to boost the, you know, the profile of Paralympics and just see kids like that looking up to people like me to inspire them. I mean, that's what we need, you know. These guys here will be looking towards, you know, 2020 and that's what we need. We need some more athletes getting involved, so it's great.
5: The other big success story of the Games came from the 19-year-old swimmer Mary Fisher, who won four medals and broke a world record.
3: My goal was to swim my absolute hardest in every single race, you know, and then on the, the last day, my final event to, to break a world record and um, get a gold medal, you know, it was so, so special and I'm just really glad for everyone that helped me get to that point, you know, couldn't have done it without them at all.
5: With the hall of medals, a gold, two silver and a bronze weighing heavily around her neck, Mary Fisher described her best moment of the competition.
3: Standing on top of the podium, you can't go past that, hearing the national anthem, um, knowing that your family and friends and coach and and swim team and everyone has helped you get to that top pinnacle pinnacle moment in your life. It's just crazy.
5: (laughs) For the youngest competitor in the team, 13-year-old Nikita Howarth, the welcome home was somewhat overwhelming. Her mother, Carmel Howarth, says it was incredible that her daughter even qualified at such an early age. And we were thinking 2016, and all of a sudden she made 2012. So,
3: yeah, we didn't really have time to save. It was like, oh, but yeah, you know, let, let's hit it and go. But now it was just. Phenomenal, And you know, for a 13-year-old to be able to walk out there and hold her head high in front of that amount of people, the the amount of people was phenomenal. Um, And swim hard and PB, broken Oceania record, sixth in the final of the 200 IM.
5: Can't ask for more. Carmel Howarth was poolside in London to see her daughter take on the best in the world, but says friends at home were disappointed not to be able to see Nikita and her teammates compete. The lack of coverage of the whole event has infuriated some fans. One of them, Hohana Hickey, says it was disappointing and unfair. It was a pity that we didn't get to see some of the um, amazing feats of many of the athletes by not having it streamed live so that we could watch it when it was happening, Um, unlike the Olympics, of course, and I think the disparity showed. The athletes themselves say the sell-out crowds and support they got in London should bode well for future coverage and they hope by Rio 2016, more of their supporters at home can watch their achievements on TV. In Auckland for Checkpoint, Bridget Mills.
2: The Wellington Phoenix have signed a new Belgian international striker for the upcoming A-League football season. Stijn Hoisegems has played for Dutch clubs AZ Alkmaar, Feyenoord FC Twente. Racing Genk and Roda JC, and has appeared in the UEFA Champions League and Europa League against the likes of Arsenal and Manchester City. Huissergens has 15 international appearances and began his professional career in Belgium with Liège, where he scored 32 goals in 117 appearances before moving to AZ in Holland, where he spent three years. The 30-year-old spoke to the media at his unveiling and says he chose Wellington over other offers for family reasons.
6: I already spoke uh, with a couple of players that play in the A League and. Uh with uh, Archie Thompson. I know him because I played with him uh, 10 years ago in Belgium, and he said that the A-League was was growing the last years, and uh, that was a good opportunity for me to to play here, and uh, that I play in in New Zealand also. It's it's a good city. It's quiet for the family. It was also very important for me that I would be in a place that that is safe for my family, uh, that I can can live very good, and uh, that are the the main reasons, I think. to play, uh, sign a contract for two years, that, that's also good that you can sign for a longer time than, than only one year. And uh, for me, that's, that's the main key thing that I can, yeah, that I felt that, that these people really want me, and uh, that's, uh, that's really a good thing.
1: What sort of player are you? Are you a traditional center forward, a number nine? You like to put the out and
6: out? Yeah, I work hard. I can also play on the side uh, or as a striker, deep striker. I can play a lot of positions, but. Uh, Technical, quite good player. Fast. Try to score a lot of goals. The one season it works better than the other season. But I hope to to score a lot of goals and be important for the team. But uh, if we can win uh, win matches and if I score less goals, that's also good for me. I'm a team player, and that uh, is the main thing. How is your
5: fitness? Because you probably haven't played
6: for a while. No, I didn't play games for uh, around two months. So. Uh, I run a lot in in Belgium, but uh, didn't train uh, with the ball for a long time, so that's also for me a, a question: how it's going to be with my uh, VO2 uh, test. But that's what we have to see on Monday, and uh, I still have a good three weeks to work uh, before the first game against Sydney. Here. Do you
5: expect to be ready to play against Sydney?
6: I hope so.
0: Have you met your teammates?
6: Yes, this morning. Yes. How did you how did you find them? Were they welcome? Yeah, very, very good welcome. Uh, there were. Uh, yeah, saying hello to me and uh, I was the trip because uh, it was a long trip. I was 37 hours on the way to here because waiting in, uh, in Singapore, waiting in Sydney. But uh, I do it with pleasure. I'm, uh, I was happy yesterday to come here to see the city. It was a great first uh, view of the city and uh, then you forget the, the long uh, distance that you travel to come here. To come to New Zealand, do you mean? To
5: come to the A-League? Do players um, look at clubs in the A-League or do you wait until you're approached by clubs in the A-League?
6: Yeah, the, the most wait because we don't see a lot on television from the A-League. Uh, you can see only uh, on the internet some highlights, but for the rest uh, we don't know a lot about uh, the A-League and, uh, and the games.
5: But it's, it's recognised as a good league now, people talk about it?
6: Yeah, not so much. That's why I also spoke with Archie uh, about uh, yeah, what's the level and uh, that he's even if you have the chance to go there, you have to do it because I know your qualities also and I think you can uh, be a good player for the, for the
2: A-League. Stain games. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radioNZ.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter.